Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is episode 463 for your february 5th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your sunday evenings wherever you may be it is vip only and I want to thank my two new VIPs, TJB and Brian Jardine, for becoming new members. And Max in the chat, Max Emerson, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? YouTube wants to fuck up, and they never notified me of your subscription and VIP status, bro. So there you go. I see you in the chat. I'm happy to have you and all my VIPs here on this Sunday night. We got a lot to get into right here on the podcast, and it's a crazy week, man. It's been a crazy year so far in the world of pro wrestling. AEW's on fire. They are picking things up right where they kind of left off, and it's been a long time since they had their ducks in a row on Dynamite. I feel like when they were pre-Cody, before Cody Rhodes joined WWE, I I thought they were producing some of the best television that they've ever done and then all of a sudden Cody Rhodes defects the WWE and then all of a sudden the the ship is on rocky waters and then we get the CM Punk situation and then things just don't feel right in the summer of 2022 things are finally starting to get back to what they used to be this year AEW's got some great shit going on it's not perfect over there but they got great they got some great shit going on over there on the WWE side of things we came out of a very Middle-of-the-road Royal Rumble, headlined by a storyline that is probably the best WWE storyline in the last 10 years easy, at least since the Yes Movement on WWE television. It is the pinnacle of storytelling in the modern-day WWE. The bloodline, Sami Zayn, it is a hot-button topic. It is a hot discussion in the community. Should it be Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? Should it be Cody and Roman Reigns? Should it be a triple threat match? Should it be Roman wrestling on Saturday and Sunday against Sami and Cody? So many different opinions in regards to that. That is a big talking point going into WrestleMania. And obviously you got your Vince McMahon selling WWE rumors to who nobody knows. It started off with the Saudis, and then that rumor died down and was debunked. And then you got Nick Khan on all these different networks basically kissing Vince McMahon's ass. I wouldn't expect anything less from Nick Khan, man. He's an absolute slime ball. But this recent interview on CNBC, which was... Not really all that new. You know, we have, we didn't really hear anything new coming out of this. People are uh, really wondering when WWE is going to sell the company. He kind of shed some light on that. I foresee the company being sold around WrestleMania season. I mean, 
This is probably going to be the biggest WrestleMania of all time. It would probably go in line with WWE announcing something on WrestleMania weekend that the company's been sold to who? Again, we don't know. But th there were a couple of nuggets of information coming out of this interview that we're going to go over uh, today. And we are actually going to start off with that in, in just a little bit. But we got a lot of stuff lined up for you. It's going to be a good show. I thank you guys very much for being here on your Sunday nights. There's no football tonight, thank God. Uh, next Sunday, I will not be live because I will not be going live during the Super Bowl. It is just, uh, it's basically suicide for me to do that. Uh, I will not be doing that. So we will probably come up with some streams during the week. So make sure you guys keep an eye and an ear out on the subscription boxes. But uh, it's going to be another great week. We're heading towards the Elimination Chamber. And I'm going to get you guys ready for everything you need to know right here on the podcast. But I want to thank you guys again for joining me on Sunday night. Please, if you want to chat tonight, Sunday night is the only night I do it. So make sure you guys get in on joining the channel and becoming a member. Members only tonight on Sunday for the flagship podcast. So hit that join button down below and become a channel member. Become a VIP right here on the podcast. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I would really appreciate that, man. We're nearing 500 likes already. We got over 1,500 and counting in the venue. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I'd love nothing less than a thousand likes tonight. So please make sure you guys go and hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button if you're new around here. Turn on that bell for notifications. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Monday, we were live. We were live on Tuesday. We were live on Wednesday. We were live on Friday. We were live on Saturday. We're live tonight. Busy. It's WrestleMania season, man. Gotta get everything in. It's the busiest time of the year. You fall behind. It's gonna be very difficult to catch up. So go check all that stuff out. All those live streams. All on the homepage. YouTube shorts. Been having fun making them for you guys as well. Go check them out. Thank you for a great week on TikTok. If you guys don't know, I'm on TikTok. Link is down in the description. If you guys want to go follow me on TikTok, I upload clips over there as well. We we went semi-viral this week. Semi-viral. I, I would consider 700,000 views semi-viral in four days. And it had to do with WrestleMania. So I'm telling you right now, this is going to be the biggest WrestleMania season for the podcast yet. So make sure you guys go check that out. I uploaded another clip today in regards to Sammy and Cody. I'll have more clips on that coming up because I do think that I have the best stance on this hot button topic in the entire community. And I'm sure we'll go over it many more times as we head into the Elimination Chamber. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go get your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew.com, code JD. Make sure you guys go and support. They've been a member of the OTS family for many, many years. And I want to keep them as a member. So go support them. If you want something for free, BlueChew's giving you a shot. Code JD at checkout, bluechew.com. 
We're going to start off with the Nick Khan stuff, man. I really want to get into this because I find it hilarious that Nick Khan just loves to bullshit everywhere he goes. And I don't believe a single word out of Nick Khan's mouth. Every time he speaks, there's just some bold-faced lie that comes out of his mouth. Now, I know he's a big wig. He's the CEO. He's going to make things sound good. He's got to paint a pretty picture for everybody. The WWE's in the midst of a sale. I get it. Can't say anything bad about Vince McMahon. It's his company. If Vince wanted to fire... Nick Khan, he could certainly do that. And Nick Khan's not going to really burst any bubbles when he himself is due for a mega payday when the WWE is sold. So he is going to be a good little puppet, is Nick Khan. Vince McMahon is the master of puppets. And I'm not talking about Metallica. I'm talking about Vince McMahon being the guy pulling the strings behind the scenes. And Nick Khan is nothing more than a puppet. So, Nick Khan was on CNBC. He's provided a huge update via CNBC during their Squawk Box talk show. Nick Khan predicted that an eventual sale for the WWE will happen in the next three months, and it will be a fast process. When asked about his expectations surrounding the timing, Nick Khan said this, and I quote, quick, quick. The sale process will be quick. I'm not trying to be obtuse in saying that, but I think it's going to be a pretty fast process. Maybe three months. On January 17th, as you guys know, WWE made a new SEC filing that stated, as of January 16th, Vince McMahon no longer needs stockholders' approval for his actions. This is just basically setting you up for the future. Vince wants to sell the company because he doesn't need these people. He doesn't want these people anymore because you see lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit coming down on him. He's going to pay all these people off like he did Rita Chatterton and everybody else. He's going to pay these people off. He doesn't want any lawsuits remaining on his record and he wants to wipe the slate clean and he wants to be done with these people because he wants the company sold to somebody else where they could take it private and he can be the one put in charge of everything. This is not about selling the WWE. I told you this before. This is about getting Vince McMahon ultimate power, okay? So if you want to sit there and think Triple H is in charge, for the most part he is. But will Triple H be in charge in the next three months, in the next six months? Nobody knows. The WWE does not need to be sold. It does not. Nobody's given me a good reason at all as to why the WWE needs to be sold today. Why? I don't get it. Stephanie McMahon realized the company didn't need to be sold. She fucking left the company completely and took herself off of the board of directors. These are people, the board of directors, which Vince McMahon doesn't need either, as soon as the company goes private, there's no board of directors. They're, they're all gone. They're all gone. There's Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon only. These are the same board of directors that voted Vince McMahon unanimously to stay away. Then all of a sudden, two weeks later, Vince McMahon is unanimously voted back in as the chairman of the board. Then we start seeing things filed and SEC filings say, stating that Vince McMahon doesn't need stockholders anymore. This is all a power play for Vince McMahon. It's not about selling the company. It's about giving Vince McMahon ultimate power. And this is his master scheme to get back in there. 
WWE CEO, Nick Khan. Now he's the sole CEO. As you guys know, Stephanie McMahon was the co-CEO. She's now gone from the company completely. Spoke about Vince during the recent WWE earnings call where he was asked if Vince McMahon would step down from the company following a sale. Should it be beneficial to the shareholders? Well, shareholders. As soon as the company is sold, it's going private. Mark my words. What shareholders? He's going to sell the company for the, to the highest bidder. He's going to do right by the shareholders in that aspect. But when the shareholders are no longer needed, goodbye. They're going to get paid. They're going to get what they, they earned. And goodbye. Vince McMahon's taking the company private. Nick Khan said this. Yes, without question. Vince is going to step down without question, he says. <laughs> oh, man. And Nick Khan's a comedian, man. Nick Khan is a fucking comedian. Give me a break. He declared it to the board. He declared it to the board. Oh, oh, yeah, really? He declared it to the board. Yeah, he declared it to the board while they're a publicly traded company. When the company sold and goes private, there is no fucking board. He lied to the board. The fuck is he telling the board? When he told the board back in January what he plans to do, the board exists now because the company is a publicly traded company on Wall Street. When the company sold, the board doesn't exist. The board is Vince McMahon. He's basically lied to you. That's what he's done. He's going to step down to who? Who's he stepping down to? Who's he stepping down from? He declared it to the board. He's declared it to us in management. Yes, because he, he, he loves the management team so much, right? That he's fired people upon returning. He brought back Bl Brad Blum. He brought back George Barrios and Michelle Wilson. What management? He's declared it to what management? When Vince McMahon returned, he brought back his own management. All Triple H's management is hanging on by a fucking thread right now. What management? It's all about shareholder value. Obviously, he's a shareholder, so it's not about what role he'll have. It's about maximizing that value opportunity. One of the leading candidates to many to purchase the company was Comcast, the parent company of NBC Universal. They own Peacock streaming service that bought the WWE Network. However, Nick Khan appeared on CNBC on Thursday, on, uh, on February 3rd, and asked about a potential sale to host David Faber and told the CEO, David Faber did, that he didn't think Comcast is in the running to buy the company. So the host of this show, David Faber, told Nick Khan that he doesn't think Comcast is in the running to buy the company. So this starts making the rounds on social media. Raj Geary, founder of Wrestling Inc., who's no longer affiliated with the, with the website, but he still does work for the website here and there. He said this on Twitter. This is kind of a big deal. David Faber tells Nick Khan that Con Comcast, NBCU, is probably not in the running to buy WWE. Nick Khan says they're still bullish on Comcast being possible, but there's not much he can say about it. End quote. Well, why isn't there much he can say about it? Now, NBCU and Comcast has now ended its free subscription tier. I just want you guys to understand this as well. They ended their free subscription tier. For those who wanted to watch certain content on Peacock with ads for free, that's no longer available. New subscribers won't be able to sign up for the free subscription. 
But those who are already subscribed will still be able to use the service. Those wanting to use Peacock now will either have to pay $4.99 per month or join the $9.99 tier for the ad-free version. It was recently touted that the platform is currently 20 million active subscribers. And the Royal Rumble, uh, you guys had heard me say this week that it was the most viewed Royal Rumble show of all time. So WWE seems to be doing well on Peacock, and Peacock seems to have made a good investment in WWE, right? So why wouldn't they want? And I put those stats in there for a very specific reason. They're making money. They're making money with WWE. The, the, the WWE is doing well by Peacock. And it seems to be a, a great partnership. But why doesn't Comcast want to buy WWE? So I got these other pieces of news coming out of this particular interview with Nick Khan. Negotiations for the TV rights are starting to progress with WWE as well. You know they're with NBCU on USA Network. That's another, you know, network owned by NBCU, USA Network. They've been with USA Network for forever. And then Fox Sports. They end around the same time. So WWE is going to want to secure TV rights deals, which Vince McMahon is the only one to administer these rights uh, negotiations with. You, you, you can only talk to Vince McMahon in regards to these negotiations. This is why he's back. Supposedly, this is why he's back. So they're going to end around the same time. And it's 2023. They got all this year and then next year. Their TV rights deals come to an end with NBCU and Fox Sports. So Nick Khan noted that the company is still bullish about the Comcast deal. Or Comcast still being in the running for WWE after one of the hosts mentioned that a source said that Comcast wasn't interested. David Faber said they weren't interested in acquiring WWE at this point. The other three companies mentioned in this interview during the show were Netflix, Amazon, and Endeavor. CNBC later said in a news story that McMahon returning, get this, and you guys know this is not new information to you guys. CNBC later said in a news story that McMahon returning and his potential involvement post-sale was an early sticking point in preliminary meetings for the sale of the company. So Comcast, this, this David Faber, mentioned live on the air to Nick Khan. And this is the type of shit that you're really going to need to start paying attention to. Because if shit like this is said by people like this on a network like this, this isn't coming from a satin or a sap or some fucking dirt sheet with the Z at the end of the news. No, this is not coming from zero sources this is a major, major deal. Comcast, who everybody said was a front runner and makes the most logical sense to buy the company, does not want to have any interest in the company because of Vince McMahon. An early sticking point was his post-WWE involvement after the sale. Everything that I just told you for weeks about why Vince McMahon is back was basically given to you here by David Faber on CNBC, and it was exposed to you all, and it got swept right under the rug. Vince McMahon is back to lead negotiations for TV rights deals and for a sale of the company because he is using the company as a vehicle to get power. 
power back in the WWE to sell the company, to take it private so that he doesn't need these shareholders. He doesn't need Wall Street. He doesn't need this one or that one breathing down his throat. He's using this as a vehicle to attain ultimate power. Comcast doesn't want WWE or they don't want anything to do with WWE as far as buying the company because Vince McMahon is already starting negotiations with him as a priority. Well, if I'm going to sell to you guys, I'm going to need a major, a major priority in post-WWE. I'm going to be the one leading everything creative and this and that. I'm going to be the guy. It's my company. So I'm going to package up a deal, and it's going to come with me as well. No. No. This is it. This is it. If WWE is sold with Vince McMahon leading the, the negotiations... And this is the news that we are already starting to see leak and talk about, get talked about via CNBC. We're in for a long three months, folks. We're in for a long three months. That's fucking scary. They don't want nothing to do. I hope to God that this opens up eyes for everybody that potentially is in the running to buy WWE. Comcast doesn't want or has no interest in WWE because Vince McMahon is already positioning himself as a major piece to the sale of WWE, and he will not sell to the company, or he will not sell the company to another company unless he is fully in charge. If Comcast said no, that is a great sign, and hopefully others will follow their lead. Nobody wants to deal with him. Nobody wants to deal with Vince McMahon. Everything that he's done, everything that he's been a part of, the negative press that he's gotten, the negative press that he can still continues to get, even though he is still a part of the WWE machine, he's back at Titan Tower, he's in Stanford, Connecticut, he's back in his offices, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the company. Through countless attempts to tell him that him being back and his involvement still being in the company and him publicizing his return is then going to have a negative backlash on the company. He doesn't see it. It's already happening. Comcast doesn't want anything to do with WWE as far as a potential buyer. Meanwhile, they make the most sense because of Vince McMahon. Who knows? Where Netflix stands. Who knows where Amazon stands. Who knows where Endeavor stands. Who knows. I hope to God that they all follow their lead. I really do. This is a power play for him. Nobody wants him. This is a power play for him. He's going to leverage himself to be a part of the deal. And he will accept no less. This is why I truly believe he will still end up selling to the Saudis. Because they're dumb enough to think and look at Vince McMahon, this man is WWE, worship the ground that he walks on. They don't give a fuck. All they know is, I mean, these are the same fucking people that thought Yokozuna and the Ultimate Warrior were still alive for the greatest Royal Rumble. They don't know any better. All they know is that they want to buy the WWE and they got enough money to do whatever the fuck they want and they know Vince McMahon and they don't know anything else. That's who I think the WWE is going to be sold to. And that is a risk in itself, and you guys know why. I think that's a terrible move. Does Vince McMahon really give a shit? Again, I ask, why is the company needing to be sold? Why? Nobody has a straight answer for me. Why does the company at this point need to be sold when they're everything, legitimately, everything is up. Ticket sales are up. Revenue's up. I mean, they had their best quarter ever. This quarter. Why? 
Everything seems to be on the up and up. Interest is up. Everything is up. Subscribers on Peacock is up. The great the Royal Rumble was the greatest Royal Rumble, you know, viewed ever. Over 2 million people watched that Royal Rumble. So again, I ask, why does the WWE need to be sold? Companies don't want anything to do with him. He's going to be the reason why the company isn't sold. And this is going to be a reason why the company is going to be sold to somebody that doesn't give a shit about the company. Like the Saudis. Not a good look. Not a good look for WWE. Also, to come out of this, Nick Khan interview. During the conference call with investors. So we went from Nick Khan to the investor calls because WWE released their financial uh, numbers for the quarter. During the conference call with Frank Riddick, Vince McMahon did not speak on the conference call for the investors. He said that going forward, the company expects to incur additional costs related to the Vince McMahon investigation, suggesting more payouts will be handed to settle potential lawsuits. So he's basically saying what I've said for months. When Vince McMahon's in trouble... He's just going to pay everybody off, and money makes everything better. Money fixes everything to Vince McMahon. Riddick said that Vince McMahon has agreed to pay the reasonable cost of the investigation not covered by insurance and any future payments related to the investigation. WWE had a $2.3 million expense related to the investigation in quarter four, 2022, and the results also included $7.4 million of expenses reflecting payments that McMahon has agreed to to make related to additional claims that have recently been settled. These payments were or will be paid by Mr. McMahon personally, Riddick said. McMahon recently settled a case involving former WWE referee Rita Chatterton, which happened in the mid-80s in New York. Chatterton claimed, as you guys know, that Vince McMahon raped her in the back of a limousine, and McMahon settled with her last month to avoid additional litigation costs. Chatterton wanted over $11 million, but sources say the two parties settled for much less. So Vince McMahon, I do believe him in that sense. I do believe if it did go to, to court and the litigation costs, they probably would have outweighed whatever uh, the payment would have been. So Vince said, you know what, let me settle with this, this clown. And uh, she got what she wanted out of it. And now she's going to be, uh, you know, silent for the rest of her days. She got what she wanted. The NXT TV rights deals in the United States. This is something, this is also something that kind of goes in line with the Comcast rumor. And David Faber on CNBC. The NXT television rights in the United States are set to expire in September of 2023 and are not a part of the broader, more expensive package for Raw and SmackDown, which will expire in late 2024. NXT has been airing on the USA Network since September 2019 and went from Wednesday head-to-head with AEW to Tuesday, where it has no wrestling competition. USA is thrilled with it. NBCU is thrilled with it, says Nick Khan. No, they're not. No, they are not. NBCU is not thrilled with NXT. I don't give a shit what Nick Khan says. I don't give a fuck who you know in NBCU. NBCU is not thrilled at all with NXT. NXT is dead. NXT is dead. I don't give a shit what you think of NXT. NXT sucks. NXT should not be on Tuesday night. NXT should not be on the USA Network. NXT should not be at two hours. NXT is a waste of TV time. Move that shit back to the WWE Network and give it its own identity. NBCU is not pleased with NXT. 
They're pleased with Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard destroying the entire operation. They're pleased with that and turning it into a fucking circus, turning it into something that I'm more than likely to see on Nickelodeon or Kids Disney. Feels like a fucking game show when I'm watching it on Tuesday night. It don't even feel like a fucking wrestling show. Bright colors, cringe crowd, fucking terrible characters. Don't get me started. Show is an abomination. Pay-per-view last night was somewhat decent because they moved out of the fucking performance center. And even then it still sucked. Nikon said, keep in mind, as much as its own brand as NXT is, it's still our farm team. I don't think a farm team needs a fucking TV deal on Tuesday night. It's our feeder system to get folks called up to the main roster. So the expectation there, you know, they were doing that well before you fucking blew the shit up. And what happened? Triple H was feeding and feeding and feeding, and Vince McMahon was burying and burying and burying to a point where he felt like we needed fucking Von Wagner on television. And we needed characters. And we needed colors that resemble the fucking Fruit Loops or Lucky Charms of WWE. They're magically delicious. That's what I feel like I'm watching when I'm watching NXT. It's our feeder system to get folks called up to the main roster. So the expectation there is not the expectation that we and others have for Raw and SmackDown, but certainly the expectation. But the outside world is the same as our world inside, which is growth, which is, I think, what you're seeing. What are we growing on Tuesday night? The ratings haven't grown at all. So he's obviously feeding you bullshit. The expectation is that there is no expectation. Oh, now there's no expectation. But you expected Triple H to beat AEW on Wednesday nights, right? Now there's no expectation. Because the show sucks. And it goes against no competition in the wrestling realm on Tuesday night. You expected Triple H to fucking destroy Chris Jericho and John Moxley and AEW, though, right? Now there's no expectation. You expected something to happen, you didn't get what you wanted, and you killed the brand out of fucking disgust and envy and anger and jealousy. You punished your son-in-law. That won't be reported by Nikon. Khan said the partnership between WWE and NBCU involving all shows is excellent. Yeah, for now. For now. Saying that if they have a premium live event on a Saturday and NBC has a Sunday night football game the next day, they get a lot of promotion out of those two on Raw on Monday and a lot of promotion in general for anything that they do, even with NXT. There's a lot of cross-promotion between Monday and Tuesday leading into Tuesday for NXT. Yeah, when did you see that when Triple H was in charge of the black and gold? You never saw NXT promoted on the main roster, ever. Ever. Give me a fucking break with this shit. This is all bullshit. Nick Khan is a complete bullshit artist. I I don't believe a fucking word out of his mouth. At the end of the day... Vince McMahon's a fucking scumball. He's a slimeball. Paying money off here, left and right. He's going to eliminate all the lawsuits that he's got. He's got five, five lawsuits from shareholders all for the same reason. 
because they know he manipulated his way back and abused power. Everybody sees it, and nobody wants to speak up about it. You don't think Comcast, you don't think Netflix, you don't think Endeavor, you don't think fucking Amazon or anybody else who's interested in buying WWE sees five lawsuits for Vince McMahon, all documenting the same reason why they're suing him. You don't think that's a coincidence? And nobody, nobody sees that. Vince doesn't care. Nick Khan doesn't see it. He's not, a, he's not, a, he's not allowed to say anything because he's, he's set up for a big payday when the company sold. Triple H can't say anything because he's got to stay in his own lane and do what he's got to do. Stephanie knows it all. That's why she fucking quit. She left the company. It is all a power play. It is all a power play. Comcast doesn't want to buy WWE because they know exactly what Vince McMahon is trying to do. They don't want to work with him. So if Comcast doesn't want to work with him, I'm going to be very interested to see who else doesn't want to work with him. It's not about selling the company. It never was. Ever. The company doesn't need to be sold. Once upon a time, it was going to remain in the family. The company was going to be, you know, given to the kids. It was going to be given to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and then their kids and then their kids. Shane's kids. This is a fucking demented individual. He would rather the company go to somebody else. How many times have I said this? He would rather the company go to somebody else and sell the company so that it's out of the family because while he's alive, he doesn't want the company being run better under them than it was him. And if that's the basis for a sale of this company, I mean, this man, this man should be in jail. Lock this guy up in an insane asylum. Never mind fucking jail. It's fucking ridiculous. I never heard of such stupidity. Vince McMahon's facing a new lawsuit over horrifying allegations. According to documents obtained by Bloomberg, Dennis Polkon fired the lawsuit against WWE in Delaware's Chancery Court, where Polkon looks to ban McMahon from the company's board of directors. Yeah, yeah, go, good luck with that. Fuck out of here. Now this guy wants to ban McMahon from the board of directors. He also wants to gain access to internal WWE files to investigate allegations that McMahon raped and sexually assaulted employees and contractors over the course of decades, only to pay the accusers to cover up the allegations. The facts here start with horrifying allegations that McMahon raped and sexually assaulted a number of WWE employees and contractors over the course of decades. When confronted... He then paid the victims nearly $15 million in hush money to buy off their silence. There are serious questions about how Vince McMahon obtained and delivered these funds to his victims, part of the lawsuit read. The lawsuit noted that McMahon showed a flagrant disregard for basic corporate governance, norms, and demonstrating his view that rules do not apply to him. Wow. Wow, look at that. Rules do not apply to Vince McMahon. He is God. He thinks that he is above everybody. Three lawsuits have also been filed outside this one against McMahon and WWE following his return after the board of directors, you know, was in agreement to let him back in. You know, this all happened after the board of directors unanimously voted to keep him away, and then they voted unanimously to keep him back at the head of the table, at the uh, chairman of the board position. 
Two of the suits look for a mootness fee after McMahon rescinded company bylaw changes. I mean, you guys know how I feel about this. Just bury him in lawsuits. Bury him in lawsuits. Another reason why he's selling the company. He's got to pay off all these fucking people. How, many, how much money does Vince have now to pay off everybody? Feels like he needs to sell the company just to fucking, you know, get himself above water. Bury him in lawsuits. Bury him. You know, the whole McMahon stepping down thing is bullshit too. But what is Nick Khan going to say? Nick Khan said that Vince McMahon promised everybody that he would step down once the company is sold. The company is going to be sold and Vince McMahon is not going to step down. Khan said that Vince would step down in this situation when the company is sold. So that clears up something that has been speculated on ever since word got out that Vince was back to help sell the company. Now, what is Nick Khan going to say to the public? Vince is back and manipulating his way back into the company to sell the company, to get back the company in every way possible that he had before, back in June. You expect Nick Khan to say that? At this point, there's no word on who the favorite is to buy the company, and we don't know who of the rumored suitors would be interested in keeping Vince in charge. Hopefully none of them. I hope every single one of them realizes that with this man in charge, they are getting a terrible deal. I don't know what needs to be done. This is all I ask. It's all I want. Sell the company. I don't give a fuck as long as it comes with Vince McMahon. Gone. We want the company. We want to give you what you want. We don't want you back. We want Stephanie and Triple H running the company. That should be the basis of a sale right there. If those aren't the words out of an Amazon or an Endeavor or these other people that are interested in buying the company, then I do not want the company sold to anybody but those people. We are in for a very long three months. A very long three months. And I do think that the sale will happen right around WrestleMania weekend. Vince McMahon being back has also led to budget cuts happening again back in the... Stanford office, Vince McMahon is back. People are now jumping ship, getting fired. People have quit. Vince has come back and brought in his own people. It's a fucking disaster over at Titan Tower. Meltzer talked about this in the newsletter. There's been a lot more cuts on the corporate side in the past few weeks in different departments since the return of Vince McMahon. The belief is that these cuts are being made to lower the costs to get the company ready for a sale. Yeah, because no, they, uh, they just didn't, Close out 2022 with 1.3 billion in net revenue. Now the company, they're, they're, they're readying the company for a sale, so they need to fire a couple of, you know, office clerks and a couple of people that have been there for 20 years to get the company ready to be sold when they made 1.3 billion in net revenue back in 2022. Yeah, I'm sure that makes a lot of sense. Give me a fucking break. Matthew Drew. He was the senior vice president of an. International was the biggest name to be let go. He came from DAZN in June 2021, which means he was in Nick Khan hire. Since Khan hired a number of people from DAZN in 2021, his job included managing global media partners, devising internal strategy for overseas live events, digital consumer products, and a new revenue opportunity with the WWE. It was also recently revealed that the WWE executive chairman would step down from WWE if the company is sold, and it would benefit the shareholders. 
Vince McMahon didn't speak on the fourth quarter and year-end earnings call that took place on February 2nd. In years past, McMahon has spoken on the investor calls because he didn't want to take any fucking questions because as soon as he got on there, there'd be a, a litany of questions aimed at Vince McMahon. And with him forcing himself back into the company, into the board of directors' role, he didn't want to hear anybody or from anybody. He didn't want to hear from any shareholders. I mean, he just put into effect that he doesn't need any shareholders' decisions or opinions on anything. So the fuck does he want to talk to them for? He don't give a fuck about you. He's going to sell the company to get you what you want, and then he's going to ask you kindly to get the fuck out. The fuck does he want to, to, to yield a question from you for? He don't care. That turned out not to be the case, as the call was headed up by Nick Khan and Triple H, along with Frank Riddick. Wrapping up his portion of the call, Triple H made a point to say that it's been great to have Vince McMahon around thanks to his incredible insight and that he remains a tremendous asset to the company. Puppets on a string. All of them are puppets on a string. They are all going to do and say what they need so that the company is sold in the proper manner. Triple H is fearful for his fucking job at this point. Of course it's great to have Vince McMahon back. Of course Vince McMahon has incredible insight. Of course Vince McMahon is an asset to the company. What else would he be? A cancer to the company? His insight is no longer needed. It's antiquated. He's an old dinosaur. I just want to reiterate, this is nauseating. Hopefully you guys didn't eat dinner before you joined the stream. I just want to reiterate how excited I am and how much fun I'm having in my role as chief content officer, says Paul Levesque. I also want to add that having Vince around has been great. I will tell you this, it has allowed me and allowed me to speak for our entire creative team, but we're standing on the shoulders of giants. So having him back and involved even at just the board level, comes with incredible insight. He's a tremendous asset to the company. This is the best time of the year. We've kicked off the road to WrestleMania. It's an amazing moment for WWE, and I look forward to continuing to build the business alongside this leadership team for the long term. God, I can't stand these, this company jargon, this company language. God, this shit sucks. This is nauseating. Now, Vince being back is not an asset to the company. It's not. The company would be actually better off without him there, and there's no reason why he needs to spearhead talks. This could have been done with anybody. The fuck did you hire Nick Khan for? This is the reason why you brought him in. For him to lead these talks, not Vince. I think that's also an aspect that people are forgetting. Shit is ridiculous. All of this is just nonsense. Utter garbage. Utter garbage. I don't believe a fucking word these people say. Ever. Makes for a pretty fucking article. Oh, look. I got Triple H to give me a quote on Vince McMahon. The fuck are you expecting to get? Oh, look. Nick Khan is speaking on CNBC. What the fuck do you expect to get out of CNBC? Company's going to be sold by WrestleMania. And then at that point, we reassess if Vince is going to be in charge. I don't know. I hope whoever he sells to is those that know what the fuck this man's capable of. Good and bad. We don't need him. 
We don't need him. If the last eight months on the Triple H have shown us anything, we don't need him. Everything you're seeing on TV right now with the bloodline, if Vince was in charge, we, we wouldn't even be talking about Sami Zayn potentially wrestling for the world championship. You'd think you'd be getting this match at Elimination Chamber? Fucking Christ, God, no. We would not. Sami Zayn in the main event of Elimination Chamber against Roman Reigns and one of the biggest stories of the entire company. No. No, we wouldn't. Shifting gears to the Royal Rumble. Got some Royal Rumble losing notes. Still, Royal Rumble losing notes. I got to stop the stream for a second. I got to stop the stream for a second. We, uh, I, 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 was, I was so busy ranting on Vince McMahon. My boy Daryl with a $500 super chat. Oh, my goodness, man. Sith Negan with a $500 super chat. He says this, and before I do anything else on this stream, I got to read this. An OTS VIP birthday, Sith Negan bomb has been dropped for the undisputed truth in the entire professional wrestling community. JD from NY, languishing in mediocrity, and being second-rate like a common goon or shill will never happen around here. It's number one or absolutely nothing because it can't be no other way. End of the line. Hashtag enemy design. Daryl, 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 you always... Always leave me speechless, brother. Always. I appreciate you being here, man. Daryl with a $500 bomb for an early birthday. Brother, I appreciate you so much. Very lucky to have you a part of the OTS family. And thank you so very much for your generosity, man. Always, always, always love Daryl in the chat. Unbelievable. And I'll get to you guys. If you guys want a super chat. Last call will be at the end of the show. You guys know the deal. We'll hang out with our cold beverages at the end of the show. Royal Rumble news. Let's move away from this Vince McMahon news. I know it's a downer for everybody. I can't stand it. Brock Lesnar's spot at the Royal Rumble, if you guys remember. He was eliminated by Bobby Lashley. He tossed the referee over a barricade. He took the steel steps and smashed him on the announce table, if you guys remember, at the Royal Rumble. Lesnar apparently gained a little bit of heat for his spot in the Royal Rumble. Brock, Brock Lesnar had a uh, brief but memorable Royal Rumble appearance, I would say. Not really memorable, but memorable for this Royal Rumble. With him eliminating several superstars before being tossed out himself. Afterwards, Lesnar destroyed the ringside area, lifting the stairs and tossing a referee over the barricade. Feifel is reporting that some of the aftermath wasn't planned and caught a lot of people by surprise. Now, there were a couple of people in the ring and ringside who weren't prepared for the stairs spot and didn't know it was coming. The spot where Brock Lesnar threw a piece of the announce table inside the ring was also unplanned. One source said, we knew a freak out was planned, and it's Brock, so expect anything and everything, so all seemed well there. However, the spot that seemed to get Lesnar a bit of heat was an unplanned situation when referee Eddie Orengo was thrown over the barricade. 
Now, Fightful is told that initially it looked like he was possibly, you know, injured. He possibly sustained a foot injury, but we're not sure of the status of him, says Fightful. He had to sell to the back, and Fightful was told that he missed an integral spot towards the end of the match, or there was an integral spot towards the end of the match that was missed. What that was, I don't know. I don't know what that spot was. It's worth noting that when Fightful was told about this and had it confirmed, one source said, the heat is relative term for Brock Lesnar. He's not going to get in trouble. He's certainly not going to get fired like crime time was. It's a new regime, new rules. I'm not sure anyone involved was mad or not, but some backstage people were mad, end quote. You know, Brock Lesnar can do whatever the fuck he wants. Brock Lesnar can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's not going to get in trouble by anybody. And, you know, I'm not really I'm not really surprised to hear that he's got some heat here uh, and things went unplanned. I mean, just look at Brock Lesnar's inclusion in the Royal Rumble. Just look at what he did in the Royal... I mean, he won the Royal Rumble last year, so what the fuck would he have to be angry about? Comes out at number 30, wins the fucking Royal Rumble, goes to WrestleMania, gets Roman Reigns, right? Garbage. But this year... They ask him to be a supporting character in the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar's got to fly all the way to San Antonio, Texas. Gets put into the Royal Rumble with 29 other guys. Doesn't even last two minutes in the Royal Rumble. Gets eliminated by Bobby Lashley, which is a victory in itself right there. Because who the fuck else would eliminate Brock Lesnar? You got to be somebody like a Bobby Lashley to eliminate Brock Lesnar. They just so happened to give it to Bobby Lashley this year. And then he gets dumped over the top rope. So they ask him to have a freak out moment. What the fuck do you think Brock Lesnar's gonna do? What do you think he's gonna throw, uh, get back in the ring and throw other people around? No, Brock Lesnar's gonna cause chaos. So Brock Lesnar destroyed the announce table. He took the steel stairs. He scared the shit out of Pat McAfee, Corey Graves, and Michael Cole. They didn't know that spot was planned either. He took the referee. He probably didn't know what the fuck was going on. He got tossed over the goddamn barricade. Lesnar said, you want to eliminate me in two minutes? I'm going to make this shit all about me for the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And that's exactly what he did. I could see Brock Lesnar going into the Royal Rumble meetings and getting told the the plan. Yeah, Brock, you're going to be eliminated in two minutes by Bobby Lashley. And then we want you to have a little breakdown at the end of the match. Can you do that? So Brock Lesnar was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem, Paul. No problem. I'll do whatever you ask, bro. Uh, just get me a private jet as soon as I'm done, and I got to go back to Saskatchewan and go uh, do what I got to do. So that's exactly what he did. He got eliminated in two minutes, and he made the elimination and the Royal Rumble all about himself. You want me to go in there and get eliminated in two minutes, I'm going to make this shit about me. That's exactly what he did. Brock Lesnar is never going to be punished at all. Brock Lesnar could commit cold-blooded murder in the back and still get away with murder and not get heat. That's Brock Lesnar's status in WWE. It is his. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And all he got to do, honestly, if you don't like something, just call it Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon's seemingly back, uh, back in charge, right? He's back there. He's the, he's the, the chairman of the board. Yo, Vince, your son-in-law ain't doing what I need. Talk to him. He's got Vince on speed dial. Don't worry. There was a rumor that Hell in a Cell was going to happen at the Royal Rumble. Why didn't we get Hell in a Cell at the Royal Rumble? Well, WWE made some internal changes to the Royal Rumble card. It was once talked about that Finn Balor and Edge inside Hell in a Cell would take place at the Rumble. The plan Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez match for the women's 
title on SmackDown was also pulled from the show and moved to SmackDown a few weeks early where Rousey retained the title only to lose it to Charlotte Flair in an impromptu match. Edge and Beth Phoenix returned from hiatus at the Royal Rumble not to do Hell in a Cell, but to mix it up with the Judgment Day, ultimately continuing their feud, which we saw continue on Monday Night Raw. In the latest edition of the Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that WWE had to nix the Hell in a Cell match with Edge and Balor due to Edge not being able to appear on TV to build up the match as he was filming Percy Jackson and the Olympian for Disney+. Plus. Meltzer wrote, the reason at one time it was talked about the Brood Edge versus Demon Balor Hell in a Cell match, it was supposed to take place. It didn't happen because Edge was filming a television show until last week and thus couldn't do the, the WWE television build to build up to the match. It was filming Percy Jackson and the Olympian, a Disney Plus series where he will play Ares, the Greek god of war. So there you go. If you guys want to see Edge as a fucking Greek god of war, you know where to find him on Disney Plus. Um, I'm not really, I, I, I'm not really sitting here thinking, oh man, our Rumble would have been better with a Hell in a Cell match. I mean, I honestly thought it was too soon for Hell in a Cell match anyway. I didn't really care when the rumor was going around in the beginning of January when people were discussing, oh, uh, a rumored Hell in a Cell match is going to be happening, and one of three matches could potentially be in there. Edge and Balor was one, Lashley Lesnar the other, and then Reigns and Kevin Owens could be also in a Hell in a Cell. But, I mean, did we really need it? WWE axed the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which was the right thing to do. Last time we saw Hell in a Cell was back in June. I don't think we need to see one uh, so soon after we just got Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins in one. And I only want to see a match that is worthy of it inside Hell in a Cell. We don't need to put Hell in a Cell on a pay-per-view just to get Hell in a Cell back on a WWE pay-per-view. It needs to matter. It needs to fit the feud. Does it fit Balor and Edge? Yes, it does. Did it fit Lashley and Lesnar? Sure. Why not? But I don't think Lesnar or Lashley are going to want to work a Hell in a Cell because they want it to be bam, bam, thank you, ma'am, in and out in five minutes. But Balor and Edge, I can absolutely see that being inside Hell in a Cell. And honestly, at the Royal Rumble, not really all that sold on it. On, on WrestleMania's card, absolutely. So that's my prediction. Balor Edge, Brood Edge versus Demon Balor inside Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. Whichever night you want to put it on, go ahead. That's one of my predicted matches for WrestleMania. I do think that is what's going to be in Los Angeles. No problem with that at all. Update on NXT stars in the Royal Rumble. NXT stars were allowed this year in the Royal Rumble. Vince did not want them the year prior. Why? I don't know. Fightful Select reported last week that numerous women from the NXT roster were in town for the Royal Rumble with three NXT talent appearing in the match itself. Shawn Michaels told Fightful that WWE's main roster higher-ups let NXT know who they wanted and he provided feedback. They did make it known to NXT that they only needed female talent and they were good on the men's side. Fightful had reported that WWE was more interested in unconventional surprises than bringing in past legends. Wow! 
You don't say. How many people cried that you missed Alicia Fox in the Royal Rumble? Nobody. Nobody. The only people that cried are the fucking geeks with an Alicia Fox profile picture on Twitter where I'm sure you don't want to see what they look like in real life. You would be terrified to know what they look like in real life. Nobody cares. Nobody wants Alicia Fox. Nobody wants Lee. Uh, Lee uh, maybe Lee. Lee is okay. Lee, I mean, you, you can get away with a Lita or a Trish Stratton. That's fine. But Kelly Kelly, Candice Michelle, the, the cat. I, I mean, who else? Molly Holly. Nobody wants to see this fucking guy. It's the same shit. All the other Royal Rumbles were built off of all these other women. I didn't even want I didn't even want Michelle McCool in the Royal Rumble. That was lame. That was lame. We don't need Michelle McCool. That spot could have went to a Tiffany Stratton. I mean, I understand that WWE needed to fill those Royal Rumbles because WWE, they hated NXT. They didn't want any shine on NXT, and they didn't really build the women's division to have any depth. Triple H, as soon as he got there, I can guarantee you, man. I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. I can guarantee you. Triple H's vision was like, you know what? The women's division needs more depth. Look at the past Royal Rumbles. I'm going to bring back XYZ, ABCDE to the Royal Rumble, and we're going to load the women's division up so, so we get to a point where we don't need to rely and call up Nikki Bella and Brie Bella for the Royal Rumble. He brought back Mia Yim. He brought back Emma. He brought back Candice LeRae. He included Indy Hartwell. Roxanne Perez was in the Royal Rumble. A lot of current stars were in the Royal Rumble, which is the way to go. We don't need to bring back past legends because it only waters down the Royal Rumble and it makes the, the Royal Rumble that much more predictable. At least when you use current stars, they get the shine. And WWE has a field of 30 that is a little bit more open. Oh, she could win. Oh, she could win. There's another possibility. It lends itself to being a little bit more unpredictable. So WWE didn't need any of the men. They didn't need any of the men, which I'm fine with, but I'd like to see some men included in the Royal Rumble save some spots, honestly, for some of the top talents there. I think it would go well. Ivy Nile was backstage. She's a part of the Diamond Mine group on NXT. She was backstage at the Royal Rumble, used as an alternative if she was needed. She was not needed. When we asked, says Fightful, they were told that nobody that appeared had their Rumble appearance served as a call-up this year. So Roxanne Perez uh, was used in the Royal Rumble, and they're saying that the Rumble appearance was not being used as a possible call-up in the art, well, not used as a possible call-up for the Royal Rumble and the main roster. So, that's that. You know, I, I thought Roxanne Perez should have lasted a little bit longer in there, but, you know, uh, that's just my opinion. She got eliminated in a lot. Six minutes. think she could have went a little bit longer in there. Felt like we could have saw Tiffany Stratton in there. Get her some spotlight, some shine. She's been doing some great work down there. But I like the fact that WWE is now including NXT in the Royal Rumble, and I hope it's something that stays for the years to come. Shifting gears to WrestleMania. We got some WrestleMania news. Plans changed. Gunther and Brock Lesnar out the window. No more for WrestleMania. Plans for a Gunther and Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania is not happening. In December... It was internally scheduled for the biggest event of the year. 
supposed to happen at WrestleMania. The match made sense as the Intercontinental Champion had talked about wanting a match with Brock Lesnar, saying that it would be the biggest challenge for him and it would be a dream match with Brock Lesnar. Even WWE teased the showdown in the Royal Rumble. It was very minor, but it was a stare down nonetheless. WrestleVotes reported this week that while a decision has yet to be made, there are plans in place for a triple threat match putting Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. The top two matches for Mania were confirmed this week on Raw as Roman Reigns will defend the title against Cody Rhodes and Charlotte Flair will defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. Now, I have no problem with this at all. Brock Lesnar more than likely is going to be wrestling Bobby Lashley in some sort of stipulation match. I I think that's the way they're going. Clearly, what we saw at the Royal Rumble was another, uh, another tease for something down the line. We may see the Hurt Business get back together with with Bobby Lashley to take on Brock Lesnar. Who knows what's going to happen there, but I do think Lesnar's match is already sealed with Bobby Lashley. As far as the Intercontinental Championship, a lot of people were like, oh, it's going to be Gunther versus Sheamus. It's going to be Gunther versus John Cena. Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. Gunther versus Sheamus is the only match that ever made sense. And WWE has done a fabulous job of maintaining distance between these two. Now they're going to pick it back up. Right now, McIntyre and Sheamus, they got something going on with the fucking Viking Raiders. That's going to end in a couple of weeks. And then we'll shift gears after the Elimination Chamber to both of them chasing the Intercontinental Championship. How we get there, that remains to be seen. So we'll see what happens with that. But as far as the Intercontinental Championship is concerned... This will be the first time in God knows how long where the Intercontinental Championship is given a very prestigious position at WrestleMania, and it's been a long time coming. I don't even think the Intercontinental title was defended at WrestleMania last year. I think the last time it's been defended at WrestleMania was when we had Apollo Crews versus Big E in a Nigerian drum match, which was fucking terrible. But here we are talking about one of the greatest intercontinental champions of the modern era in Gunther and what he's done in the ring with that title. Going up against somebody that's never won the championship at all in his 16-year career in Gunther uh, versus Sheamus. Sheamus has not won the intercontinental title in 16 years. How you not book that match at WrestleMania is ridiculous. If you add Drew McIntyre to the equation, it makes for a fucking banger of a match. Now, I know Charlotte Flair is going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. You just see it all over the wall. It's written all over the fucking face of both Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Plus, Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble, so she has got to be in the main event of WrestleMania because that's the way they do it. That's the way they do it. You know, they, they lined up WrestleMania to be two nights, but they lined it up Not to take the viewing experience to make it better, but they honestly have done it to give the ladies a main event as well on Saturday night, and then the men get the main event on Sunday. They won't really let you in on that, but that's definitely one of the reasons why they've done it. I don't think Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair is a main event match on any show. Period. 
And if I'm booking this show, and you might not like what comes out of my mouth, I'm moving this match to start the show. I'm having Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair open night one. With Rhea Ripley starting the festivities off early by winning the Women's Championship. You know what I'm doing? I'm putting Gunther and Sheamus and McIntyre in the main event of night one at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. And I'm sending the show off the air with Sheamus winning that fucking title after 16 years. That's what I'm doing. Intercontinental title deserves a spotlight like that. And that's what I would do for the Intercontinental title. I have no problem with this match happening. A lot of people are like, oh, why Drew McIntyre? Why Drew McIntyre? Why not? The fuck are you going to do with Drew McIntyre outside of his pairing with Sheamus? I mean, Drew McIntyre and Gunther is a solid match in its own right. We know what Sheamus and Gunther could do together. Why not fuse all three of them together? Sounds like a great idea to me. And honestly, you'd hear it first from me before you hear it from anybody else. Oh, we got to protect Gunther. I'm not protecting shit. I'm going into this match and they're going to beat the shit out of each other. And I'm telling you right here, right now, Sheamus should be the one to pin Gunther to win the Intercontinental Championship, whether it's a one-on-one match or a three. Triple threat match. Or all three of these guys are in the ring. Sheamus pins Gunther no matter how many men are in this match. Four, five, six, seven, it doesn't matter. Sheamus pins Gunther to win the Intercontinental Championship. That's what I'm doing. Gunther and Brock Lesnar can happen at any other time. You do what's right for business, and Sheamus winning the IC title is best for business. Then Gunther can move on to the main event scene, get drafted to Monday Night Raw, and we're off and running. Him and Cody, book it for SummerSlam. Love it. John Cena. John Cena is announced. Or not really announced. He's locked in. Soon to be announced. Locked in for WrestleMania. Now, Cena hasn't worked at WrestleMania since 2020. He's staying busy in Hollywood, but he will return in Los Angeles for WrestleMania 39. He did a Firefly Funhouse match with Bray Wyatt, but the company has wanted him for this year's show, dating back several months. They are getting John Cena. Last year, there was speculation that Cena would work a match against Austin Theory at SummerSlam, but that did not happen. I got my own reasons for that. Told you guys about that being a match at SummerSlam and why John Cena potentially did not want to do it because that's when the Vince McMahon uh, allegations were really uh, at an all-time high. And he didn't want anything to do with the company or being a part of the company while Vince McMahon was there. And that was just the topic of discussion in every circle in WWE. So now that it's died down, Cena says, you know what? I'm going to come back for WrestleMania. A few months ago, there was speculation that Cena would wrestle Logan Paul at WrestleMania. After praising Logan Paul for coming to the WWE and doing his thing. He's had a great run so far. WWE is going back to its original plan. There is no longer a Cena-Logan Paul match on the table. It is now Cena versus Theory locked in for WrestleMania. In the latest edition of the Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that Cena's match with Theory is locked in along with other top matches for WrestleMania. I like it. Now we all need to find out if it's going to be for the United States Championship or not. Does it need to be for the United States Championship? 
does John Cena have any time after WrestleMania to stay with the WWE for a little bit? Does he need to win the United States Championship? Do we want to see the United States Open Challenge back against other younger stars in the company? I don't think that's really beneficial to the company now, but Austin Theory beating John Cena in any way, whether he is the United States Champion or not, is the right way to go about it. Cena's not coming back and winning anything. I don't know why he needs to win anything, let alone a fucking United States Championship. Austin Theory versus John Cena is the match, and Austin Theory gives him the ATL, and that's it. Over. One, two, three. Austin Theory is your guy. He's your future. This is a huge moment for this man's career. All we need to know if it's going to be for the United States Championship or not, and there's a huge possibility that Austin Theory loses the United States Championship in the Elimination Chamber. I could see Bronson Reed win the United States Championship. I could see Johnny Gargano win the United States Championship. I could see Seth Rollins win the United States Championship. I heard some people saying, again, which I don't think is the right idea. I saw some people saying, now this is ridiculous because I don't think Seth Rollins deserves this at all. I saw some circles on Twitter saying, Seth Rollins should win the United States Championship, take it into WrestleMania, wrestle Logan Paul, and lose it to Logan Paul, and make Logan Paul the new United States Champion. Why? Why would you do that? Seth Rollins doesn't deserve to beat Logan Paul. Seth Rollins deserves to lose another WrestleMania. Don't know how well that's going to come off. That's not going to happen. Seth Rollins is not winning the United States Championship. I could see Johnny Gargano winning the United States Championship. I threw this one out there as a little layup on Monday Night Raw. What if Johnny Gargano wins the United States Championship and then is confronted by Tommaso Ciampa? We haven't seen him in a while. When is he due to come back? I would love to see him at WrestleMania. You don't think Triple H having Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa on the same brand would want to get them in a WrestleMania program together? Are they better as a team? Probably. But adding Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa for the United States Championship at WrestleMania instantly takes WrestleMania up several notches. Just an idea. Just an idea. I don't really want something to happen unless there's a long-term plan or a vision in place. Maybe we just get Austin Theory retaining the championship and he defends the title against John Cena and Austin Theory retains the title and we just call it a day. Easy peasy, one, two, three. Keep it simple. I don't know. But I like the match. I think Austin Theory versus John Cena is going to be a hell of a match at WrestleMania. And WrestleMania is shaping up to be so far, a banger of a show. And I talked about this last week. We don't need Stone Cold Steve Austin. We don't need The Rock at WrestleMania. I know everybody's like, oh, we need Dwayne. We need Austin. We need Batista. We need all these big guys. No, no, no. Future, future, future. Build for the future. The fuck do we need Dwayne at 50 years old? What do we need Austin at 58 years old? What do we need Dave Batista for? He's retired. Why? John Cena versus Austin Theory. Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. John Cena versus Austin Theory possibly for the United States Championship. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. The Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Bianca Belair versus Bayley or Asuka or Alexa Bliss or all four of them, you know, 
We don't know what's happening there. Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Brock, uh, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. Not going to be Sami Zayn. Finn Balor versus Edge. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And that's only one night. That's not even a night and a half. We, we could potentially see other matches on this show that fit the bill, as long as they make sense. So WrestleMania is shaping up to be a banger of a show. And we're not even through the Elimination Chamber yet. So we don't need the aging legends at all. We don't need Rock. We don't need Austin. We don't need Batista. We don't need fucking Goldberg. Who knows where Bray Wyatt's going to fit into this. Bray Wyatt versus Uncle Howdy. For all we know, maybe a fucking match at WrestleMania. L.A. Knight. Where are you putting him at WrestleMania? Who is he going to feud with at WrestleMania? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they do have Austin. Maybe they bring in L.A. Knight. Maybe they bring in Austin for L.A. Knight. I don't know. Now, for Andy Orton, for Andy Orton was able to come back. Randy Orton versus RK uh, versus uh, Matt Riddle. RK bro going at it. That'd be another great WrestleMania match. Ray and Dominic Mysterio is another great match. Possible for the match happening at WrestleMania. The fuck do we need all these legends for? Then you got the Women's Tag Team Championships. Didn't even mention that. Now, some of you may not even realize who the Women's Tag Team Champions are. Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Io Sky are the Women's Tag Team Champions. Apparently, Ronda Rousey Ronda, Ronda, Ronda. Nobody wants to see Ronda anywhere. Nobody wants to see Ronda anywhere, but she's going to be at WrestleMania. Ronda is going to be teaming with Shayna Baszler to take on Io Shirai and Dakota Kai for the Women's Tag Team Championship. This is among the locked-in matches at this point for WrestleMania. We don't know when Ronda Rousey is going to return to WWE TV. Hopefully, this is her last stint with the company. Goodbye, Ronda. Nobody cares about Ronda. WWE. They had this Mountain Dew pitch black match at the Royal Rumble. Apparently, they got paid significant match or significance for the match at the Royal Rumble. Upwards towards $1 million for advertisement of the Mountain Dew pitch black beverage. I just hate that it had to happen during a Bray Wyatt match because it made the entire Bray Wyatt universe and the entire Bray Wyatt storyline Look like we were at a fucking Miami nightclub raving it up till 4 o'clock in the morning. And I didn't really appreciate that. All the work that this man has done to come back and tell this fucking redemption story, you want to put him in something that resembled fucking Nick at night. Holy fucking shit, did this look awful. What an embarrassment. How does anybody... I guess WWE doesn't see it as an embarrassment. They got paid a million dollars for this shit. If you got paid a million dollars and you want to do this... For something else, why don't we do it with somebody that we don't give a fuck about, really? Nobody knew what the fucking match was going to be going into this thing. Nobody. I thought it was going to be a no-rules match. Lights were going to be out, which they were, but everything was black lit. Bray Wyatt's outfit was black lit. 
LA Knight's ring gear was blacklit. The fucking announce table was blacklit. Ridiculous. So, the sponsorship was incorporated into the match. Mountain Dew, big Mountain Dew logo on the canvas. Meltzer said the WWE got paid a million dollars by Mountain Dew for this match. Well, you know, the thing is with the Mountain Dew match, that was a $1 million deal. That's significant money if you can get deals like that. It was a really shitty match, and they kept it short. I guess Pepsi has to decide whether it's worth it to spend a million dollars to sponsor a shit match. Maybe it is. I don't know. On a pay-per-view that was seen by 2 million people, says Dave Meltzer. How many of those 2 million people actually went out and bought this fucking cancerous soda? That's what I want to know. Did it work? The WWE reaped the benefits in this. The Mountain Dew reaped the benefits in this. I don't know. I don't know. Some of you are saying it's actually good. Couldn't buy me. You couldn't get me to fucking drink it, I'll tell you that. So, WWE got paid a million dollars for this, this Mountain Dew match. So, clearly, there was news on another sponsorship match taking place at WrestleMania. So we saw the Mountain Dew pitch black match with LA Knight and Bray Wyatt. And while speaking with the Hollywood Reporter, WWE Senior Vice President and Head of Global Sales and Partnerships, Greg Stimmel, touted WWE's sponsorship revenue for WrestleMania 39. He said it is 43% higher than it was for WrestleMania 38, and there are still months to go. One source noted the sponsorship revenue currently stands between 14 and 15 million dollars. Now that's fucking impressive. The article noted that Stimmel suggested there will be surprises at WrestleMania, specifically calling out to a new sponsor, which will be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Now, he says, and I quote, I don't want to give away too much, but it'll be around a match and the sponsorship of that match, and what they'll be able to bring to do that match. So we're going to do things that fit inside our storyline as well, end quote. I could see it right now. I could see it right now. Bray Wyatt battling Uncle Howdy in a big fucking bowl of milk on the WrestleMania stage, and on the box, you'll get advertisement for the WWE show going into Los Angeles, all on store shelves at Pathmark, at Stop and Shop, at Stop Right, uh, Shop Right, at Publix. You'll see it all over the, st- the store shelves. You'll see Bright White with Uncle Howdy and the fucking Funhouse puppets on a fucking Cinnamon Toast Crunch box. This is going to be fucking pathetic. Awful. I mean, who do you incorporate into a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match? What is the match going to me- uh, to entail? Why don't we save this shit for the new day? They love their bootios and they love their cereal and all this other shit. Why don't we save this type of shit for the new day? God forbid this happens with anybody else that's a little bit more serious, like a Bray Wyatt or an LA Knight on the roster. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. What happened to Captain Crunch? What's the the neglect on Captain Crunch? Or Cookie Crisp? What about Fruity Pebbles? What about Booberry? Frankenberry? What about Count Dracula? Count Chocula? What happened? Cinnamon Toast Crunch? I'm more of a Raisin Bran guy anyway, man. I'm more of the, the healthier, you know, cereal eater. Or Magic Spoon. 
Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Wow. Yeah, let's promote garbage to our youth. Let's promote garbage to the youth of the fucking country and promote Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Mountain Dew and let's support obesity in our children. Wow, what about something that's actually good? The match is going to be shit. The cereal shit. It's shit for your health. Goes hand in hand. Yeah, we'll have a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match. We'll have fucking Count Chocula as the referee. We'll have Captain Crunch as an outside enforcer. We'll have the fucking Leprechaun, the Lucky Charms guy, do outside interference. And he'll fucking come in and bash somebody over the head with a fucking rainbow. Then we'll have the fucking Cheerios B fly in and fucking call out whoever wins the match and challenge them to next year's WrestleMania. Fucking ridiculous. Now, as long as they get their 14 and $15 million in ad revenue, who the fuck cares what they're shilling? Mountain Dew pitch black. Fuck out of here, man. Top WWE stars coming out of the Royal Rumble doing strong merchandise sales. This gives you a glimpse as to who's on top. Cody Rhodes won the men's Royal Rumble match and he earned the right to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. WrestleMania season, obviously, we're going to start to see these reports about who's hot, who's selling the most merch. Meltzer noted that Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Bray Wyatt are super over with the fans and are leading the charge with strong merchandise sales. This was brought up when Meltzer was talking about the expectation that Mania will break records. I presume that it will do amazing merchandise numbers because that's the other thing that's going on right now is the merchandise numbers are really strong. A lot of the big characters are very, very over when it comes to selling merchandise. Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, I'm sure Sami Zayn, they're all hot. That's the deal. Things look good for them going into WrestleMania season. Meltzer stated. I don't know who the fuck is on board with this Bray Wyatt shit after that pitch black match. I, I get Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Those names are uh, not really a surprise to anybody, nor should they be. So we will see what happens. All four of those guys hopefully will have major, major wrestle. Mania seasons. AEW, let's shift gears to AEW, man. AEW is considering launching a streaming service, likely with Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, I must preface this. This is not happening anytime soon at all. So please do not ask me when. Don't ask me uh, when this is going to be, uh, where. I don't know. I don't know. So it seems that AEW is in the mindset to build for the future, which is great. And this has been a talking point for Tony Khan. You know, obviously, you know, it's not something that he could have talked about a year or two ago. Now, as we get into year four of AEW and we go into year five and we're going to go into the new TV deals and the new negotiations, this is something that he's going to want to talk about especially now that he's got negotiations coming up and he's got Ring of Honor. And he wants to find a proper home for Ring of Honor. 
Bloomberg has an article with AEW president Tony Khan about AEW detailing the promotions history that started in 2019 and being the first true competitor that WWE has had in the United States since WCW. The following was written in the article, and I quote, In March, Tony Khan acquired the small but respected pro wrestling company Ring of Honor from Sinclair Broadcasting Group for an undisclosed sum, adding a new crop of wrestlers some intellectual property, and an extensive video library. Now, some people were saying Tony Khan spent $30 million for... Tony Khan didn't spend $30 million for Ring of Honor. Tony Khan, I believe, was in the ballpark of $2 million, $2 million plus maybe for Ring of Honor. It wasn't $30 million. I don't know where people were getting that number from. For an undisclosed sum, new crop of wrestlers, intellectual property, and the video library. AEW is also considering starting a streaming service likely through a deal with its broadcast partner, Warner Brothers Discovery, according to a person familiar with management's thinking, who acts not to be named. Last year, AEW broke $1 million in annual revenue for the first time, this person says. Now, while speaking with the Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that fans shouldn't expect an AEW streaming service to launch anytime soon, as a deal is not on the horizon right now. It's hard for me to judge that, Because the two things everybody ran with afterwards were both not true. The video game is not coming out this month. Obviously, because if it was, we would all know about it. Some people were saying it's coming out this month. It's not coming out this month. I believe they're being held up for a rating on the game. They don't know what the rating of the game is going to be, and it's being held up, and that's what's holding up the game from being released. As soon as that is squared away, we will have a confirmation on the release date. And then the other one is, they're not close to a streaming deal. Of course, they want one. It's been talked about forever, for more than a year, but it's not a deal on the horizon right now. So right now, AEW has a TV deal with Warner Brothers Discovery for Dynamite on TBS, Rampage on TNT, while their streaming shows, AEW Dark and Dark Elevation, air on YouTube. AEW pay-per-view events air on Bleacher Report. They air on traditional pay-per-view and they air on Fight TV. And I believe they just signed a contract with DAZN overseas to air their, their shows and their pay-per-views. So, this all, this all sounds great for Tony Khan. This all sounds great. But it should not stop at a streaming deal. It should not stop at a streaming deal. I, I don't know what that's going to entail. I don't know what that's going to mean for the product moving forward. Are they going to take the pay-per-views away and put them behind the paywall on the streaming service? I mean, that would be great. So we don't have to pay fucking $60 per pay-per-view per quarter, and we can just sign up for Discovery Channel or or the Discovery app, right? That would be great. I'd love to see that. And that would get a lot more people to get on board with AEW and watch these shows. That would be a great way to build an audience. Secondly... It should not stop at just a streaming service so that Ring of Honor has a place to go and we have a place for pay-per-views to go for AEW. They need to restructure what they are doing on television. And I'm talking about Dynamite and Rampage. Rampage is a fucking afterthought. Tony Khan could sit there all he wants and you guys can sit there all you want and fucking beg me to cover Rampage. Oh, you gotta watch this. You gotta watch that. You gotta watch this match. You gotta watch Emi Sakura and fucking Jamie Hayter. I'm not. I'm not. When there's a world championship match live on Friday 
with MJF and fucking somebody, then I'll tune in. Until that day, I'm not tuning in. I don't care. I don't care about Rampage, and I haven't cared about Rampage in a very long time. So whatever negotiations need to happen with AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery, Rampage needs to be a pivotal part of that negotiation. Rampage needs to have its own home, whether it's on TBS or TNT. Rampage needs to be a live show. Rampage needs to be a part of the AEW universe just as big as Dynamite is. It needs to be its SmackDown. It needs to be AEW's SmackDown where Dynamite is its flagship, Monday Night Raw. If it happens on a Thursday, if it happens on a Tuesday, maybe if NXT isn't renewed and it gets taken off the USA Network, maybe that is a great way for Tony Khan to slide Rampage in on Tuesday and then we go right into Dynamite. I think that would be great. I don't know. But it needs to be something that is completely overhauled. I don't care. It needs to be live, it needs to be two hours, and it needs to be just on par, equal to Dynamite. Enough of this one hour, enough of this fucking fastest hour in wrestling, enough of this taped garbage, enough of this fucking ho-hum mediocre garbage that we see on Friday night. I don't give a fuck to watch QT Marshall or Swerve versus Dustin Rhodes. I don't care. Give me something with substance. Streaming deal's great. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. And it's probably not going to happen until Tony Khan sits down with Warner Brothers Discovery and negotiates what's going to happen with Dynamite and the main shows. Then we can start talking about uh, a streaming service. When they're locked in, when they're given X amount of years, then we can talk about it. Why is something going to happen with a streaming deal when they have contracts coming up and Warner Brothers doesn't even probably know what they want to do with Dynamite in its own right on TBS? Does Tony Khan want to remain with Warner Brothers Discovery? We don't know. When they are locked in and they get paid, then we can start talking about the streaming service because AEW will be locked in for X amount of years and then we got nothing to worry about. Not going to happen anytime soon. But Ring of Honor. Where's Ring of Honor going? That would be great if AEW gets a streaming service. Ring of Honor is set to film their weekly show. Supercard is going to happen and we're going to get shows leading into Supercard of Honor. Fightful has been told that Ring of Honor will begin airing their tapings nearly a year after Tony Khan bought the company. Talent have been told that the Ring of Honor tapings will take place in Orlando, Florida during the last week of February. The talent we heard back from, says Fightful, was under the assumption that it would be at Universal Studios where ROH regularly films dark, or AEW, rather, films dark. Voices of Wrestling had information on the dates prior. They weren't given much of a taping schedule past that, but those we spoke to believe that would serve as tapings that would lead into Supercard of Honor on March 31st. Ring of Honor had also filmed the Jay Briscoe tribute show that will air on multiple platforms. There are several AEW-contracted talent who were signed as far back as last spring with the intent of using them on Ring of Honor programming. So Ring of Honor is getting a TV show. They're not getting a TV deal. They're getting a TV show. And where this takes place, I don't know. Right now, it's only Honor Club. 
Maybe Tony Khan moves it to YouTube. I don't know. But right now, it's only on Honor Club. He said we would have more information as we get closer to this, and we're getting closer to it because it's taking place at the end of February in Universal Studios. It's a great deal. This is what I wanted. I, I don't want them to be a touring brand. I don't want them to go on tour. I don't want them to fucking go around. You know, make it like, you know, there was nothing wrong with NXT at Full Sail University every week. Nothing. There was nothing wrong with the NXT product at Full Sail every week. As long as you got a dedicated home to film TV and you got an audience to show up every fucking week that is rabid for pro wrestling, who gives a shit? I loved the Full Sail crowd. I loved the shows there. The crowd was great. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. I may have to tune into that. I may have to do something with content on the channel with that. That's, that's great news. Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida, Ring of Honor TV. We're going to get storylines going into Supercard of Honor that don't happen on Dynamite? Sign me up. That's all I asked. Get this shit off Dynamite. Let AEW worry about AEW. Split these rosters. Put Ring of Honor with their own roster. Give AEW what they need and separate the two entities. Looks like we're getting it. Sounds good to me. Can't wait. AEW announced a live house show circuit called AEW House Rules on March 18th. Jesse and I talked about this on Wednesday night. This will start in Troy, Ohio. Tony Khan announced on February 1st that the launch of the AEW House Rules live event series will take place on select weekends in markets across the country Continuing the promotion's meteoric rise and following the success of AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays on TBS and Rampage Fridays on TNT, fans can expect an up-close and personal experience at local venues along with a spectacular and engaging environment. Now, this will take place on March 18th. Tickets will be $20 plus fees. You can purchase this shit as of now on awtix.com. Further show dates will be announced in the coming weeks. So clearly there were reactions to this behind the AEW curtain. AEW officially announced these house shows. There's been nothing but positive reception so far to this news. Fightful broke this news about multiple talents speaking with them about the news of live events and house shows being added to AEW's schedule. Several said that they knew something like this had been coming for a while, with one source indicating that multiple wrestlers have pushed for this for multiple reasons. One talent told Fightful they'd rather get in-ring reps under the All Elite Wrestling banner than work outside the company for various reasons but didn't specify why. Number one, it's probably safer. Number two, Tony Khan uh, would rather have you work for him than you go somewhere else because he needs the bodies to go out on the road with. I'm assuming that's the case. And number three, the talent is just better. And if you want to work with the best talent, you're going to work with the talent in AEW and get your in-ring reps in there instead of working some fucking bum on the indies in some fucking shithole with shit lighting and in front of 20 people. Just my hunch. Another talent spoke to Fightful of how this will benefit the younger of more inexperienced talent and expect to see creative matchups that will help them along in their growth process. That talent... That same talent spoke highly of the reps those talent can get in on dark, but said being able to work longer matches on the road against more experienced talent will be invaluable. It's exactly why this was a big thing. Most of the AW talent, if not all, 
have a set number of maximum dates in their contracts that we're told AEW rarely even comes close to on a yearly basis. So AEW has been prepared for this from a contractual standpoint for a long time. The talent we spoke to with expected uh, the shows to be filmed, which is customary of all major companies, but there's no word on a plan to distribute these shows. So we also talked about this on Wednesday, and Jesse made a good point that if it pertains to a storyline and you get somebody at these house shows that is in a major angle on television and you want to do something to really drive interest to these house shows, to get people to come out because you don't know what to expect, and you want to film something and kind of use it as a catalyst to further a story along on Dynamite or Rampage, have something happen on these shows. Have a backstage altercation. Have a backstage brawl. Have something happen. Have a, a, a promo cut in the middle of the ring where one wrestler is calling out somebody else and it kind of bleeds onto Dynamite. That stuff is cool. I don't want to have it happen all the time because you got to keep the, the feel of these shows special. But WWE does that sometimes, and AEW now has the opportunity to do that same thing here with their house shows. And that's what's going to create buzz and create interest, maybe a possible title change, a rare title change every now and then on the road. But AEW now has the leverage to do that, which is a great thing. On top of that, the most important thing is getting those wrestlers who are not working, in the ring working, getting people to work, get those reps in, get the younger talent working with the veterans, away from the television, get them in there. Mistakes can happen. Try out some new shit before you bring it to television. If you got a storyline planned, if you want a matchup or a series of matchups to happen with two guys, get them in there to work out their kinks. If they've never worked together, if they want to try something new to bring it to television, you can work it out at the house shows. There's a ton of positive to come out of this. I love this. This is great news for AEW. The continued growth of the company is a beautiful thing to see. We talked about Kota Ibushi on Wednesday as well. Kota Ibushi became a free agent on February 1st. He's been sidelined for over a year with a shoulder injury, but he's ready to restart his wrestling career. He's already had bookings lined up. He will be taking place, uh, or taking part rather, in Bloodsport, WrestleMania weekend, and spring break. Joey Janela's spring break for GCW. Uh, a lot of my friends are in AEW, he says. My younger peers in Japan are also growing up there. Nonetheless, I don't think of going to AEW immediately. I have a school in Japan. Once that's worked out, or I want to have a school in Japan. He wants to open up a wrestling school. Once that's been worked out, I think I'll talk with AEW. So I can absolutely see Kota Ibushi in AEW around the time of Forbidden Door. So we will see what happens there. And that's going to be a huge pickup for AEW because if Kota Bushi's healthy, my goodness, the storylines that could be with him and the elite and Kenny Omega, I mean, you're going to get shit that is going to be truly, truly special. That's awesome. And finally, guys, I got one SmackDown note on Aaliyah. I knew you waited for this the entire stream. I know. I mean, you, you cannot wait. To hear what I got to say about Aaliyah, man. Where's Aaliyah? How many people have been fucking wanting Aaliyah back on the women's division on SmackDown? What a difference maker, man. Oh, my goodness. WWE apparently has zero creative plans for Aaliyah, who was cleared months ago from injury. Aaliyah suffered an elevated first rib and AC sprain in September. 
At the time, she was teaming with Raquel Rodriguez on SmackDown, but the injury kept her out for a few weeks. Aaliyah posted on Twitter this week and says she's been cleared since October 22nd, 2022. A fan asked her where she's been all these months. The one solo fan of Aaliyah asked where she's been all these months, and she posted a Britney Spears meme with a caption, um, I don't know, dot, dot, dot. In response to a fan who suggested that she do backstage shoots, she replied by saying, if only I was backstage, and she indicated that she would not be at the Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Sorry to let you down, Aaliyah said in response to a fan who hoped to see her in Montreal. She also tweeted, sorry to let you down in response to a fan who hoped she would at least get scanned for WWE 2K23. Well, Aaliyah's not in the game. Aaliyah's not in Montreal. is not... Uh, looking at any creative plans in WWE. Do you want to know why, folks? Do you want to know why? And that is because, plain and simply put, Aaliyah sucks. I'm sorry. Don't like it? Go watch somebody else. She adds no value to the women's division at all. That's all the news I got for you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Episode 463 is in the books. I'm going to need you guys to do me a solid, man. I need 120 likes. That's all I ask. 120 likes for 1,000. We had over 2,200 in the chat tonight. No reason why we can't get 1,000 likes. No. So hit that thumbs up. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on that bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. It is right there for you. Everything you need is right there. Live streams, shorts, you name it. Some great shit. Tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout for your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Guys, why do you think Sami Zayn is challenging Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship? Because Sami Zayn has confidence. That confidence can take you far in life. No matter what. Also helps you in the bedroom. Especially when it comes time to step up to that plate, man. That's where Blue Chew comes in play. Blue Chew is going to be your batting coach. Believe me. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But in chewable tablets. And it comes at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead and be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Sign up at BlueChew.com, and very simply, you speak with one of their online medical providers. Once you're approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And the tablets are made in the USA. They're prepared and shipped direct to you in a very discreet package. It's time to get off the couch, fellas. Get back to work. If your tool needs an upgrade, 
You're going to upgrade with Blue Chew. $5 is all you're going to have to do, man. $5. Pay the $5 shipping and handling. You get Blue Chew for free. Use promo code JD at checkout. And that's it. Love it. Easy enough. I want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast right here, as always, on Off The Scripts. Let's get into these Super Chats, man. You guys killed it tonight with the Super Chats. Let me shout out a couple of members, man. I got to shout out a couple of members here. I want to make sure you guys are getting your... Uh, your status is notified here. I want to shout out a couple here. Jose Cruz, Studio Nick... Tendo, Stretch Dollars, The Dud, Noel, Sports Entertainment Fan, D'Angelo Hayes, Brian Jardine, Young Pyro, Daniel C, Black Wolf Inc., and TJB. Thank you for your memberships. What the fuck are you guys drinking? Love it. Black Wolf Inc. with a $10 Super Chat. Do you see Roman dropping only the WWE title at WrestleMania and holding the Universal title until September to officially reach 1,000 days? And in your perspective, who should dethrone him? No. This seems like it's going to be something I'm going to be having on repeat. I may make a fucking button out of it because I'm just tired of saying it. Black Wolf, thank you for your $10, brother, but... When Roman loses the championships, he loses both championships. That's it. Not one, two. If he loses one championship, it devalues whoever beats him for that one championship because Roman is still a champion. If you're going to beat Roman, he needs to drop both championships. And that is it. Not the other way around. Roman can't be champion at the end of all this. Joseph Taylor with a $7 Super Chat. JD, when you were my age, 27 years old, were you an NWO black and white or NWO Wolfpack guy? Bro, I was a WWE guy. I wasn't watching WCW. But if I had to choose one or the other, I was an NWO black and white. I thought the Wolfpack was rather lame. Garner Hara with five months in the VIP club. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. Happy birthday, JD. Have one on me, brother. Going forward, am I the only one who cares more about LA Knight than Bray? No. I thought Bray Wyatt was the lesser of the two in that feud, and LA Knight was the star of the program. And LA Knight deserves a major WrestleMania match. Prodigy Freebird with 18 months. Thank you, brother. Happy birthday, JD. It's not my birthday yet, guys. I got two more hours. Actually, I got eight more hours because I was born at 6 a.m. in the morning on February 6th. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. The Cody vignettes are giving me Roman 2015 vibes. I'm going to post a clip on Twitter, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, um, about Cody Rhodes and the possible mistakes that WWE right now are making with Cody Rhodes. 
The more I hear about him speak about his father and his family and, and this other shit. No. Now, less of that and more showing me why you earned it. He earned it by doing what exactly? By outlasting six guys in the Royal Rumble? Not enough. Are, gonna be, are they going to be able to tell a captivating story with Cody Rhodes in six weeks coming out of the Elimination Chamber? No. This is why people want Sammy over Cody. Sammy's got nine months on Roman. Cody's got six weeks. How they don't see that, I don't know. Tony Brown with a 199. OTS Tribal Chief. Thank you, my brother, Tony Brown. Bradley Robinette with a 199. Happy birthday, JD. Do you like Hershey, Hershey Yingling Porter? Bradley, no. I don't think it tastes like Hershey's chocolate at all. Baby Shaq with nine months. Happy birthday, JD. Wish that birthday awesome. Definitely at Elimination Chamber. Jay Uso is going to screw Sammy. What's the decision? Um, the decision is going to be a tag team title match at WrestleMania. And hopefully we move on from Sammy Roman to KO and Sammy versus the Usos. Joshua Simo with a 999. JD, I would rather see Solo win the Elimination Chamber than face Drew McIntyre for the United States Championship. That is the one title Drew hasn't won, and it gives Sheamus his first one-on-one match he deserves without Drew. Listen, Joshua, I'd love Sheamus and Gunther as a one-on-one match, but Drew McIntyre doesn't have anything to do with Solo Sokoa right now. So why waste him on Solo Sokoa? The, 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 the brawling brutes haven't had anything to do with the bloodline at all. Drew McIntyre in the Intercontinental title match making it a triple threat is not something that I think we should be complaining about. D'Angelo Hayes with a $5 Super Chat sending you a birthday shot of 25-year Jameson. Oh, my goodness. I love me some Jameson, bro. Cheers to the Tribal Chief of the IWC. Happy birthday. Thank you, uh, D'Angelo. Appreciate you, man. Brian Jardine with a $30 super chat. He leaves no message. Thank you, Brian. $10 super chat from Michael Crowley. Hey, JD, I have a drink idea for your mother's basement. A cocktail with lime juice, vodka, and ginger beer. Serve with a baby corn salad on the side. A mighty Omos cow mule. With little cobbitzes. Michael, I love I love the enthusiasm, bro, but I'm not naming a drift a drink after Omos. Jade's lucky she's getting one. My boy Daryl with a $500 bomb earlier. Unfucking believable, Daryl. Thank you so much, brother. An OTS VIP birthday Sith Negan bomb has been dropped for the undisputed truth in the entire IWC. 
JD from NY, languishing in mediocrity and being second rate like a common goon or shill will never happen around here. It's number one or absolutely nothing because it can't be no other way. End of the line. Hashtag the enemy designed. Again, brother, thank you so much. Matthew Malinar with six months. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. Just wanted to stop in to show my support for the ace of the IWC. I'll finish watching this podcast tomorrow to make my work day go by a lot quicker. Sounds good to me, Matthew. Appreciate you, bro. Scenario, $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Do you listen to these bands? Six Feet Under, Sodom, No Mercy, Mayhem. Uh, I used to listen to Six Feet Under in high school, and I don't listen to any of these bands outside Six Feet Under, and I haven't listened to Six Feet Under since their Maximum Violence album. Not really the type of death metal that I like, bro. Plus, Chris Barnes, his vocal style has gotten really fucking terrible over the years. He's not the same guy that he was in Cannibal Corpse. Uh, Stu Sexton with a 199. He leaves me a, a one. We the ones. We the ones here. Daryl, I see you in the chat, brother. Thank you so much, man. Ali with a 499. Hey, JD, my question to you is, if you were head of creative right now, what would you do to make Raw and SmackDown better? Bro, if I had one wish, Ali, if I had one wish, Monday Night Raw would be two hours. That's it. You'd get a different Monday Night Raw every Monday if it was two hours. Mark my words. Tommy Brannigan with a $5 super chat. Happy early birthday to the true king of the IWC, JD. Hope you have a great day tomorrow. Thank you, Tommy. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. JD, didn't Brock Lesnar get heat for what he did to Randy Orton at SummerSlam 2016? I mean, for all we know, Randy Orton asked him to do that. Who knows? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Brock Lesnar can do whatever the fuck he wants. Randy Orton can do whatever the fuck he wants. What, are they going to fire Randy Orton? Stu Sexton with 35 months in the OTS VIP club. Oh, my goodness. Keep up the hard work, JD. Happy early birthday. Hope it's a good one. OTS for life. See you Monday night. You know it, brother. Israel with 20 months. I'm not here much, but I'm getting tired of Vince selling or not. Just get over it and sell it already. Happy early birthday, JD. Wish you many more. Thank you, Israel. Appreciate you, bro. 20 months, bro. You don't need to be here every stream. The fact that you're 20 months VIP, that shows your commitment, brother. I love the energy. The cake with the 19 months. Happy birthday to the IWC, head of the table. Feels good to be back. Can I get an old-fashioned? By the way, why is Jesse sleeping on the counter? Jesse, nobody told you to fucking take a nap, bro. I, 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 didn't, I Listen, man, this is not your fucking house. This is not your bed, bro. No sleep last night. 
What are you up doing? I don't want to hear your fucking problems, bro. Get this guy out of here. The fucking patrons that want drinks, bro. You're sleeping on the fucking counter. Holy shit. Bro, if I go look at the ice bin, there's no fucking ice for these fucking people, man. I need you to get the cake, a sphered ice cube. Do we have any sphered ice cubes? We can't be serving old fashions with cubed ice, bro. We can't. Crushed ice, can't do it. Then this guy calls me a fucking whiskey snob, a coffee snob. I'm gonna fucking dump you. I'm gonna a new co-host on Wednesdays. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Well, I would do Usos versus KO Sammy. I would do Usos versus KO Sammy at as the main event night one. Or that. Or that. What if they have that happen on the same night Roman loses his title? Just make night two about the downfall of the bloodline. Eugene Morgan with a $5 Super Jet. Swerve of the century if Cody loses to Roman just because everyone expects him to win. Telling you guys right now, I'm actually getting to a point where I'd love to see Roman retain the fucking title. Not that I'm turning on Cody or anything. It's just not enough time. It's not enough time to tell a story. Sammy's had nine months. Cody's going to have six weeks. Everybody fears me schooling them with a 9.99 super chat. Haven't heard you mention the genius, Lanny Poffo, passing away. Love hearing you talk about growing up watching the late 80s, early 90s, WWF. So many memories of watching the genius. He and Macho Man reunited now. You know, bro, I've been so out of the loop when it comes to the old school stuff. I'd have to go back and watch some of the late 90s or late 80s, early 90s stuff. You know, I don't have one particular memory of the genius. The only memory I have really of the genius, I was too young to really appreciate what he was and what he brought to the table, but I always loved his eloquence. I always loved his his cadence, the way he spoke, the way he delivered his promos. I, I thought he was fantastic. And I can honestly see there was a lot of influence in Damian Sandow. A lot of influence in Damian Sandow when it comes to what Lanny Poffo was, his character as the genius. A lot of influence there for Damian Sandow. I thought they, I thought I thought Damian Sandow was fucking great. That whole gimmick, the intellectual fucking savior of the masses. Damien Sand, I thought that was fantastic shit. So if I could I could answer that, um, if I could answer that question, I, I loved his his delivery, his cadence, the way he cut his promos. Crushing the discussion. 199 Super Chat, he says, crush the like button. Yes. Yes. 
Isaiah Hoffman with six months. Officially six months. Let's go. Yeah. Love it. R.A. with a 9.99. Happy birthday, J.D. Popeye's chicken. I don't eat fast food, R.A. Thank you for the 9.99. Moist ham. $5 super chat. What do you think is Vince's affinity for Samoans? Almost all who have walked into WWE have become champions or have been prominently featured. Uh, it is the ties to the Anawahi family. The Anawaii family is the greatest feeder system in WWE history. As long as they keep making them, they're going to be pro wrestlers, and WWE is going to give the Anawaii family a home. I don't know the correlation there. I don't know the business agreement or arrangement with the Anawaii family, but none of my business. As long as we are sports entertained at the end of the day, I don't care. Mike NY with a $5 Super Chat. Happy birthday. Last of Us on Friday this week because of Super Bowl. I'm going to watch The Last of Us uh, after this stream is over for this week. John Ortolaza with a $2 Super Chat. Work until midnight at 7-11. Happy birthday, JD. Keep it up. John. Have a good work shift, brother. Don't get in trouble. Yes, Daryl is correct. Samoa Joe is not a part of the Anawaii family. Neither is Bronson Reed. Absolutely correct. And we got one last super chat here from Brian with a 199. Hey, bro, just wanted to say happy early birthday. Well, thank you, Brian. We can celebrate my birthday tomorrow night on Raw. You guys can go crazy in the chat and do whatever you need to do, man. Let's throw a party in the venue tomorrow night. That's all I got for you guys, man. I'm going to sit back on the couch and Relax and enjoy the new episode of The Last of Us after I finish up here. Got to make you guys a thumbnail, maybe do a YouTube short. You guys know the deal, man. I appreciate you guys hanging out tonight. Another new week tomorrow, man. Starting off with Monday Night Raw. We'll be at the venue tomorrow night. Right after Monday Night Raw is over, you guys know the deal. Becky Lynch and Bailey inside a steel cage. Should be fun, I guess. Not really excited about what's coming on Monday Night Raw, but we'll see what happens. I appreciate you guys hanging out tonight, man. Please continue to hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,100 likes. I know there are 70 of you in the chat that have not hit the thumbs up yet. If you can't, please hit the thumbs up. Go check out all the content on the channel. Tons of YouTube shorts. More to come this week. Make sure you guys check out the live streams that you might have missed earlier in the week. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter. Always on Twitter. Best place to keep up to date on everything. Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. You guys know the deal. So make sure you guys go check all that stuff out. Fulfilled the Cameo last night. A couple of Cameos this week. Awesome stuff. 
If you guys need that for a birthday or a celebration, if you guys want me to shit on somebody you don't like, I take all requests, man. Link is down below. And follow me on TikTok, man. I'll be on there this week for sure with some new clips. If you guys are on TikTok and prefer that platform over YouTube in the shorts, I'm over there as well. And make sure you guys sign up for Bluetooth, bluetooth.com, code JD at checkout. All you guys got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Guys, I will see you tomorrow night in the venue for a brand new week. Monday Night Raw, live on OTS. I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. I need those rock on emojis in the chat. And I'm going to need you guys to turn that music up to max. I will see you all tomorrow night right here for Monday Night Raw on OTS. I'll see you guys later.